Hey Adav. Hi Ashley. Okay, so let's just get into it. Uh the first time I heard about spirituality was through Think Like a Monk. Yeah. And I thought, "Oh my goodness, I'm now spiritual." But then after the processes, I feel like I'm I've just not even done anything. So I don't think if I feel like you should explain to us what the thought process is on spirituality first before even think like a monk. There's different grades of spirituality. Yeah. You see, um sometimes something very very simple or the first step in spirituality may not be the highest step in spirituality but for someone coming from a kind of like a place where they don't understand anything or maybe have never done anything spiritual in their life it will seem like that first step is spirituality but for for someone who is seasoned that's not spirituality okay so will you say you did you go through a process of course so the process itself how long has it been I've been going through the process for 21 years. And okay, 21 years is such a long time. Yeah. I feel like that's like half of your life. So if you decide to start, is it intentional or you just first go through it and then you'd like, okay, I've gotten to this stage, then I have to go to the next stage and something like that. So I'm worried because if 21 years is only half of your life do we only plan to live till 42? Well 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 <laughs> if you put it like that then we have a long way to go. <laughs> okay. So I think I get what you mean. Yeah. Look. The thing is I started to explore spirituality when I was about 17. I started reading books because I was curious. Why was I curious? mainly because i went out partying drinking all those things which you do as a teenager i was a little bit taller than the average person so i could get into clubs but as um as i started to experience those things i realized it wasn't fulfilling in the way that i expected yeah. so i started to read and the more you read um the more your knowledge and understanding opens up and then um that leads to you know maybe a few spiritual practices a few things which you refrain from mm-hmm. and naturally then you spend time with people who know more about spirituality than yourself that intrigues you further and then you just you know hopefully end up going on an upward spiral so do you think the environment that you are in your friends your family gave you the understanding of spirituality as you started or you had to cut them off first and then figure yourself out because i had to cut my friends out but not my family mm-hmm. so because my family were favorable if my friends were spiritual and my family was non-spiritual then i would have had to do it the opposite way mm-hmm. point is that you have to spend time with people who further enhance your goal yeah. right So if you're trying to be spiritual and there's like all these people around you who are non-spiritual naturally that's not going to help you. Yeah. So I've heard of the word spiritual awakening or yeah. awakening. Yeah. So which one how does it work? So spiritual awakening is not just like, you know, just like you go from one room to another and you know that's it you're there. Spiritual awakening takes a long 
time. And you meaning you can start to become awakened. You're more awake, 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 and you just keep on waking up more and more. It's not just like a you know one um, like a flick of a button mm -hmm. that that's it. You're sleeping and now you're awake. There's very many degrees of being awake. So it's a continuous process. It's a continuous process. So you'll not reach a point like you, for example. I've reached a point where you say I've been spiritually awakened. No, I don't think like that. I just think that I'm on a continuous process of awakening. However, true awakening happens when you lose um, your material desires completely. Mm -hmm. That's the truest awakening. And at the same time, you realize God. As you realize God, right, you, um, in the same measure, you start to lose your material desires. So since I've heard you mention God, yeah. uh, your faith, yeah. Have you, did some things change according to your faith and what, as more as you realize spiritualism and the process and all that, how is your faith? Please explain a little bit more. Um, how will I put it? If you, faith on God, yeah. and then there's spirituality as a whole thought process by itself, do they... Do they, do they merge at some point? Of course, they're one thing. See, spirituality is not separate from faith in the Supreme because if you think it's separate, then you haven't understood spirituality. Spirituality means to go down a path where you have faith in a Supreme um, being, a creator. Okay, that makes sense now. Oh, So I've heard people say, my aura is not just there. What is aura? Aura is basically just your positive energy. How I understand it, it's just the energy which your body is emitting. Sometimes, you know, you, like, you can be a spiritual person, right? But you're down in your life, some things have happened, you know, um, your work is not going the way you want, you know. Um, your family, you're having fights with them. So the, your energy levels go down for whatever reason. Sometimes it can happen because maybe your diet is really bad. So again, your energy, anything which kind of sucks your energy, drains your energy. So therefore, your aura goes down. So can you say affirmations also, also like merge with aura or they are two different things? What do you mean by affirmations? Because if I wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to be great, I'm so beautiful. Yeah. I'm just feeling my positive oh, energy. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, it, it works for some people psychologically. Like if they, you know, keep telling themselves that, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm strong, I can do it. Um, affirmations help every person. Like even in sports, you see like, you know, someone loses a point. Like let's say they're playing tennis and they lose a point and they say to themselves like, you know, you know come on, like, you know, maybe Roger Federer will say, come on, Roger, you can do this, you know. That's an affirmation that you can do this. So people can use affirmations. It's a good thing, yeah. Okay, so aside from that, spirituality and healing. Yeah. How does that work? So what type of healing? Bodily healing, mental healing? Um, mental healing, yes. But also through my research, TikTok. <laughs> YouTube, TikTok, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this lady that uh, will just like hold your stomach and they'll tell you, then there'll be like a whale. Like, yeah contact your inner, inner self. Yeah. 
How does that work? Look, you can heal yourself um, uh, physically in different ways. You know, people have energy, that energy can heal you. There's something, there's a process called Reiki, mm -hmm. which um, has become quite famous amongst the Asian population. Right? So people have different ways. They're giving you positive energy, right? In some way. You can eat something which gives, you know, positive energy. Someone can just give you energy from, you know, their energy or whatever it is. And maybe a lot of these things work. I'm, I'm not doubting them. But they're not spiritual. Spiritual is any activity you do to link yourself with your source. Where do you come from? I've said this many times and I don't mind repeating it just so that we understand it. We all have a source. And anything you do to connect back, because in this world, we are divorced from that source. Mm -hmm. We're not in connection with the source. So we have to find a way to reconnect. And any authentic practice which you do, that's spirituality. If you heal your body from trauma, that's just healing something. Um, so you're already like, you know, divorced mm -hmm. from the source. But within this, you also have other problems, like you're disconnected from your family. You're not peaceful. So certain things which you do, right, to you know, make yourself better, that's okay, but it's not spiritual. Okay. So if I, if I go through mental healing, yeah. and then I'm okay, yeah. I'm still not as spiritual. No. You're just healing yourself. It's like, look, if I get a cut mm -hmm. on my foot, okay, and I put plaster on it. That's not spiritual, but I'm healing myself. If I have a stomachache and I take some medicine, mm -hmm. that's not spiritual. Yeah. In the same way, if I have a mental condition and someone heals that mental condition, whether it's through their energy or whether it's through you know, a drug or a prescription, mm -hmm. right? even if I heal myself, that's not spiritual. Okay, so if I decide to start this journey, yeah. since you have started, what will do you see some of the challenges you have gone through? Um, the challenges are, um, okay, when you're, when, you're the uh, when you're young, the challenges are going out there and telling uh, people sometimes that you're spiritual. Okay, or people recognizing that you're spiritual and maybe teasing you a little bit, bit about it because spiritually, uh, spirituality involves you stopping certain things that you're doing. Okay, like for example, my own spiritual master told me, you want to become spiritual? No alcohol, right? No drugs, no intoxication, no eating of flesh, meat, all these things, right? Not that I ever used to, um, but alcohol, um, stop, gambling, stop, all that. So you have to say no to so many things if you want to progress spiritually. And people will judge you for it, yeah. right? So that becomes sometimes a little bit challenging on a societal level. Mm -hmm. The next challenge is sometimes initially your faith in God will also be challenged because you think, oh, I'm becoming spiritual, so everything should be okay. I had this concept that I, when I become spiritual, there'll be no more problems in my life. I was wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> Completely wrong. Because how do you test spirituality? How do you really know that you're becoming spiritual? That in spite of problems coming in your life, you retain um, your faith. That's a measure. 
Otherwise, how will you know anyone can be spiritual in the right circumstances? I believe in God, I love him, all these things. But when it really comes to the test, right? Like you can say, I love my wife. She's beautiful, she's young, she's got flowing hair, or I love my husband. You know, he's young, he's fit, he earns good money, whatever it is. But imagine he gets sick, right? Or he loses like one leg and you don't support them. Okay, then, then you've realized, actually, I didn't love them, I loved their body. Yeah. yeah, that was the primary thing. But when you, in that difficult situation, when you still um, are, are with them through thick and thin, you express your love. Same thing with spirituality, that it gets tested, but every time you go through a test, you come out stronger and stronger and stronger. So spirituality does have inherent tests. So with each spiritual test, you become stronger and stronger. Um, and that's the way um, it always has to be. Spirituality has difficulty in it. Yeah, so when, when I read, I think, like a monk, yeah. uh, he had to go through seclusion. Yes. So do you also go through seclusion? or Is it something that happens or you can just seclude yourself? You don't have to go where the rest are. You don't have to go into seclusion. Right? From my perspective, you have to change your company. Yeah. Right? You know, there's that saying that you are a product of the five people that you spend time with the most. So, if you want to become a saintly person, you spend time with saintly people. So, you don't have to go into seclusion. You do practices which are required for you to sit alone. So, for example, there's a practice of chanting God's name. That you should do alone in silence. Yeah, but that's however, however long each individual does it. Some people do it for half an hour. I know some people who do it for 10 hours. How long do you do it? Two. Two hours. Yeah. Okay. So, I've heard you talk about yoga. And yoga is growing in our age group. Yeah. And it's, if you don't, if you're not doing yoga right now, then people are like, why are you not doing yoga? Yeah. And at the same time, you might not understand why people are doing yoga. Yeah. Because it's just not you. Yeah, which is fine. I don't do yoga. So, so yoga is not a necessary thing for you to be spiritual? No. See, I defined four types of spirituality um, in a previous episode, yeah. right? So only you, most people do yoga for a bit of peace, mental peace, and health benefits. Yeah. In fact, everyone that I know does it for those two reasons. There's not a single person that I know in this country who does yoga to actually improve their connection with God. So, will you do it again? Will you do the journey again? Which journey? The spiritual thought process. Will you do it again? Which th thought process? Um, if you will write a letter to your 17-year-old self, oh. what would you tell him? I don't know. I've been asked this question so many times and I don't know what I would... I would tell, okay, I would tell my spiritual 17-year-old self that be prepared for challenges. So you will tell him you can, you can do it again? Yes. Yes, you can do it again. Point, because every challenge, you become stronger. And that applies for every field. In business, there are challenges, but you come out stronger. In life, there are challenges, you come out stronger. So challenge is not a bad thing. It's just that there's this conception that when you become spiritual, there'll be no more charities. Like, you know, your life will become like an angel's life, you know. You'll be walking on the clouds and, you know, all these things. But it, it doesn't work that way. 
Spirituality, uh, spirituality has to do with a lot of inner cleansing of the mind and consciousness so we can connect with the Lord because the Lord is an extremely pure individual and we are not pure, so it's, there's a mismatch. You can't connect the impure and, and the pure. So, however, he's given a process. So that process is about purifying yourself and so then ultimately with each step, you are cleaner and cleaner and purer and hopefully one day you can unite. Okay, so do you think, or will you advise, let's say me, yeah. to go through this spiritual journey? A hundred percent. In fact, a hundred and fifty percent. I would advise every single person because without a spiritual basis, you're, you don't have a strong core. You know, you, you won't have some very fundamental things in your life without spirituality. That, therefore, modern society, there's confusion, there's, you know, so many problems um, because previous societies had that spirituality. So they faced problems, but they came over them really quickly. But today, right, every small problem is a big problem. And in previous times, small, big problems were small problems. So, um, so I've heard about connection with your inner child. Yeah. The inner soul, the inner you. Yeah. Does that is that does that lie on spirituality? Uh, it's a little bit of a mumbo jumbo, mm -hmm. right? Just you know, way of just saying probably become more simple, okay. you know. Because I think what's happened is we've we've gone many steps um, behind. So there is validity to that. Okay, we have gone many steps. Um, behind. So what's happened is like people sometimes maybe take life too seriously. Okay. Yeah. Um, people have forgotten how to laugh. People have forgotten maybe how to just connect with friends and be themselves. So, you know, those simple, innocent things, maybe we've forgotten. So it's almost like bringing you one stage. So remember, spirituality is up here, mm -hmm. right? But we have to be near it, right? In our character, in our mind to access it. We need to be peaceful, nice, gentle, tranquil, all these things. And then you can hope to cross the bridge to the spiritual. So if you're near the bridge, then you can cross over the river. But we've gone so far away. So sometimes people are telling you, come to the bridge. But we have to remember that coming to the bridge is not spiritual. Crossing over the bridge is spiritual. So I know you have learned and picked so many things in your journey. What's the most important? important thing that you've picked, the most important lesson or the most important achievement you feel like you have reached as a person, as a dove? I think my character has changed quite a lot in the process of spirituality. The most important um, lesson that I've learned is that God is a person. God is a person? Yes. Okay. And God can have a very intimate, and because he's a person, he can have an intimate relationship with you. It's not abstract, it's not about energy, it's not about becoming one. All these things to me are very abstract examples that you know you become one with this eternal source, one with this eternal energy. That sounds very dry to me. That throughout my studies of scriptures, I've um, learned that God is a person and I've been um, shown practices which allow one to form a very personal relationship. So your relationship with God is like tight over the years? I've, I'm trying to make it tight. Okay. 
you will get it right. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, so another question. Are there any struggles or temptations you have come across that you feel like if you hadn't been strong, maybe things would have gone the other way around? For sure. All the time, even today. So how do you deal with it? So, um, temptations are often counteracted with knowledge and practice. Okay? What is the easiest um, temptation or what is the strongest temptation? Today we live in a society where men and women interact with, with each other freely. Yeah? And you see, like before, um, you know, kind of it was like men did men things, you know, business and all that, like maybe my father's generation. And, you know, women kind of did their own womenly things, okay? And I had a situation where, like, you know, you know, professionals from, like, investment, you know, companies, banks, all that, they realized that if we recruit very beautiful women to sell our products, men will be tempted to buy them. And so what happens is they come they you know form relationships with you sometimes those relationships um might be borderline like you know like let's say someone flirts with you or whatever it is those are the temptations yeah. you know the temptations to try and take a relationship into a territory which is not very um acceptable however if you have knowledge right so first is your alarms are always there that actually this is a territory which i'm not supposed to step in so my spiritual master for example said very strongly that any woman who is not your wife should be looked at as a mother all women are mothers so you see with that knowledge right what happens is suddenly when when that flick goes on all women are mothers then you start to change your perspective. I'm not saying it's it's easy just to like, you know, do, but with that, it's a very powerful tool to switch that on and say, okay, actually, you know what? She's like a mother. And then you, the, your approach is different. And so what happens is, and then as you approach them in a more gentle way, that you're connecting deeper. It's not like, you know, my, my young body and your young body. It's actually my heart mm-hmm. and your heart. Then the attitude between two individuals starts to change. There's other temptations. You're tempted to cheat, you're tempted to do things, but knowledge changes that. For example, you know, another example I read in scriptures is a very powerful quote, that money which doesn't belong to you is like poison. And the more it stays with you, the more it starts to poison even your own money. So I had that very graphically in my mind. So you always then think, you know what, this money doesn't belong to me, even if it's like, you know, 500 shillings, 200 shillings, give it to that person. Because even that 200 shillings can act like poison and ruin the rest. Since you have talked about your alarms being very, very, very easy to pick up, is that a good thing or does it get to a point where you feel like, okay, this was too much? No, it's always a good thing. Because it stops you slipping into a territory which you will regret later on, right? Every um, person has to choose, like, this is it. You know, this is is my line of integrity Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to cross it. And no matter how many alarms go off, 
it's great because it allows us to stay in our boundaries. Okay. Also, if if the speech, the alarms, can we call it intuition or it's not? It's intuition, um, but remember, mm-hmm. intuition is there, but also intelligence is there. So intelligence can always be refined because sometimes you think something's good when you know you're 15, but then when you're 30, you realize actually that that thing is not so good because your intelligence has increased. So your intelligence is your guiding force to tell you what's right, what's wrong. And then of course, you know, you've got other things, you know, your inner self, your heart, your intuition, mm-hmm. which will all feed into your intelligence. Okay, you talked about energies, uh, positive energy. Do you at some point enter into a room and then you feel like the energy is not just okay? Amongst? Yeah, all the time. All the time. So yeah, it- yeah, yeah. I think most people, it depends how um, receptive you are. But for example, if you walked into Westgate, straight after the terrorist attacks, anyone could feel the negative energy. Because energy is all around us, right? Those particles have a certain energy. And if they're positively surcharged, um, you know, it influences you in that way. And if it's negative, you feel that negativity as well. Walk into a room after there's been like an argument, you feel that negativity. That's why I always also tell people that go to a spiritual place, a place of worship to really enhance your spirituality. Don't think that I'll just do it at home because home is great, but it's got many different types of energies at home. It's got a family energy, it's got a work energy, it's got you know, so many different things happening. But in a temple or a church or a mosque, there are, if it's run properly and if the people there are really sincere, it will have a positive um, um, spiritual energy there. So if I am not sensitive uh, spiritually, then I'm not going to sense the energy completely or I'll just sense it and then just, that's it. It's, I don't think it's got to do with like spiritually or not. Mm-hmm. I think it's just you as an individual, like how sensitive are you to different energies? Like I feel like women, just as a species, they're more sensitive to energies, you know, whereas men are just a little bit like, you know, a little bit more brazen. They'll just walk into any place and you have to kind of tell them, oh, you know, don't you feel that this place is a little bit eerie, you know, and then they might think about it and say yes or no. But I find women are much more receptive to different types of energies. Okay, so most things are taught, you're being taught, and then some other things you will learn. How do you commit the commitment itself, uh, the journey to commit, because most of us as youth, commitment is the issue. Yes. You have to um, keep spending time with people. The key to everything is you have to spend time with people who are spiritual. And then eventually when you're mature, what they do is you take what is like similar to baptism. You take a vow in front of your spiritual guide that I will do these minimum spiritual practices daily. It's a vow, right? Like come what may, through thick and thin, I will do these minimum spiritual practices. And even on days where you don't feel like doing them, you push yourself and you do them. So when you're at your starting point and things will get tough, you will reach out to a spiritual guide? Yes. Okay. The key is to have a spiritual guide and a group of friends. It doesn't have to be like some great official, you know, institution. What I mean to say is you have to have people who are truly there in it just for the spirituality. 
Okay, uh, that makes sense a lot right now when I think about it. So the final question now, uh, are you a guide? Are you a spiritual guide to a group of people or is it something that you would want to do later or you have started? So I'm already a guide to quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I've just, as I've gotten into spirituality, you share your knowledge and then people come to you and say like, we want guidance from you. So as your capacity allows, you guide people. I understand now. Yeah, but yeah. it's different. See, um, so people ask like, are you a guru? But a guru has different levels, mm-hmm. okay? So there's one guru who takes full responsibility, right? So, um, but then a, the definition of a guru is also someone who just gives knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual knowledge, yeah. right? So I try and get away from that because there's a lot of stigma and all of that. I just... I try and tell people, look, just look at me as like a friend. If you see that I have value um, to add to your spiritual knowledge, then you can reach out to me and, you know, we can connect on that level. Okay. So thank you. Thank you, Ashley. Mm-hmm.